Hello and welcome to the Vlogging Pod. Tonight we are joined by Sherry Anderson. <laughs> welcome to the room, Sherry. How are you this evening? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Ari. Oh, awesome. I'm glad. So um, I, I want to start right off by talking about uh, Sadie's Letters of Hope and Healing. Tell me a little bit about this book. Uh, so the book is basically about my mom when she was 10 years old and hospitalized with polio, paralyzed from the waist down. Uh, and it's a compilation of letters and poems that her aunt wrote to her um, every day while she was hospitalized from November 1941 through March of 1942. Uh, and it's just a very um, inspirational, motivational, very positive, uplifting, and just a loving um story that kind of takes you from the time when she enters the hospital well a little past the time she enters the hospital because the first couple of weeks she was in isolation and then is moved to um, a room with other children and the letters kind of start after she's moved in with some other children and it kind of just follows the um her uh, process of recovery and re going through rehabilitation while she's in the hospital. And so you kind of, you know, follow this this story of um, the aunt, my, my great aunt, sharing um, what's going on in the outside world, um, things that are happening with family, and just all those events, plus um, my mother's progress and um, moving through that and how well she's doing and the steps that it takes. And, you know, it talks about the first time she's able to roll over on her own and um, going through swim therapy, which was a very um, uh, something that she, uh, my mom, I guess, was having issues with. And my aunt writes this beautiful letter to her about visualization and seeing yourself as being someplace else and, and doing that exercise that she needs to do in order to get well. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're talking about nonfiction. Did you add anything more to it outside of the letters or did you just stick with the letters and try to keep with the reality of the situation of the time? So basically stuck with the letters. I mean, the beginning of the book has a little bit of forward and talks about, you know, how I found the letters and that process of going mm -hmm. through them and um, just what life was like back then in the 1940s and the things that, you know, different things that were happening in the world. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, then it goes into the letters and um, explain, you know, going through that entire story. Oh, okay. I so, say, so when you look at how much work, you've applied to Aunt Seti's letters. When would you say at one point did you recognize yourself as a writer? Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a tough I, one. Um, I would say that I would think people in my family would say, um, I always was a writer. I just have this ability to, um, you know, uh, write letters and things that kind of put things in perspective for people. It's usually when I'm upset with someone or <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm fighting for a cause and I'm very passionate about it. Um, and so, you know, even my brother, you know, has said, you know, oh boy, Sherry wrote a letter. Uh oh, <laughs> watch out. <laughs> so I've just um, had that, you know, I enjoy it. It and especially when it's something that I care about or I'm passionate about. And so I can really go into, you know, really go into that. Um, so. 
Well, I'm I'm looking at your website. I have a few uh, computers in my uh, little studio here, oh, and okay. I'm looking at I'm looking at the pictures. Quite a few black and whites. Tell me about the work that you had to do to get the pictures for. So it was very hard to find pictures of my aunt. Um, Those are like the only pictures I have. Um, And it was going through um, albums and albums of uh, photos that my mother had that we found. um, And I was able to find those couple of pictures. Um, So it was really hard to get those. And then just, you know, uh, I had to get them blown up and do different things with them in order to make them um, because they were so old to make them uh, fit into the book. Uh, you have to have oh, certain yeah. sizes and pixels and all that. So, oh, all that yeah. Resolu- oh yeah, resolution. Oh yeah, the resolution. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> resolution. Right. So, um, but it was just interesting to to there were like no pictures, so it was really hard to find the couple that I did have. So, that's that's nice. where the pictures came from. Well, and it had to be. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so, you know, in, in the beginning of the book and uh, finding the letters, so it, I, we were cleaning out my mother's, um, she had a little storage unit attached to her apartment. I'm sure most people are familiar with that kind of situation. And we came across this big wicker basket. And in the big wicker basket were all these letters that she had saved. And they were just strewn about. They were love letters from my father to my mother and just different things that she had saved over the years that were important um, to her, things about me and my brothers and um, that we didn't realize. I didn't even know that she had saved all those things. And she had never talked about the letters. So I didn't even know that they were there. So coming across them was a huge surprise. And um, I had started to read them randomly and they were so they had touched me deeply when I started to read them. And I had asked my mom, Mom, can I please do something with this? Can I put this in a book? These are beautiful. I think I need to share this. And she was, whatever you want to do, that's great. Sure, fine, they're yours. And so um I took them and started to read through them and organize them and go through that whole process of putting everything together. Cause it was just all randomly in there. And I think on the website you could see what those um letters look like they were just those uh-huh. little envelopes and then you open the envelope and you open it up and the 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 paper the letter inside just is like all folded up and then you open it up and you've got all of the the letter in there and it's all in script and, and thankfully my aunt had beautiful handwriting <laughs> my great oh, aunt yeah. beautiful handwriting yeah. so it was easy to read and yeah my mother's my mother's like that even when she takes notes of the doctor's office like I said, hold on, we got to pause. Can you re-say that so my mom can? Because <laughs> she's very much like that. She, her writing's beautiful, but it takes a while for her actually to. I mean, if you look at my notes for this interview, you'd be like, "Can you read that?" <laughs> and my mother is very, very detailed. It's beautiful writing. It actually looks like a computer wrote it. Oh, so no. yeah, I, I yeah, I get what. You... So when you were talking about these these letters, did she have enough for another book? I mean, are you going to continue in this? Um, the only thing that I might continue with is just taking the poems out and doing just a separate book of poems. Um, oh. But I just haven't gotten to that point yet. These were all the letters that she had. So there were no other letters. Um, so these are all of them. Um, and so, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so when we talk about re- leading to the back to the prior question about uh, considering yourself a writer, 
When we talk about being a writer, what would you say the difference is? Because your experience at, you, you obviously, just from what you're talking about, you obviously have very good penmanship where it comes to writing letters, as you said, and even uh, the way your mother and your aunt. So what would you think the difference now as publishing a book is between a writer and an author? Oh, Oh. <laughs> well, that, I don't know. that's a really good question um the difference between being a writer and an author well i guess you know the difference would be that i think um is that an author has something that's actually published and a writer is somebody who maybe has dreams of publishing but just puts their thoughts down and 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 just writes you know like somebody who's doing journaling and and i think the big difference is going from that to actually putting it together and actually publishing something now you mentioned a good thing about journaling do you journal yourself I don't. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say that I don't. I always have a lot of stuff going on in my head and 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 my head is um yeah, there's a lot always going on. <laughs> That's all right. I, I, and I think differently than most people. Everybody looks at me and they're like, uh, I know, I think different. I I'm in a I, I don't know, my brain works different. <laughs> no, no, no. When, when you talk about thinking differently, if you haven't read one of my books, you you would understand that I get the whole thinking differently. <laughs> so trust me, it's okay. It's okay. okay. Yeah, I'm either I'm one of those things. It's not I'm not an in between. You either love my books or totally hate them. So it's okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> so talk to me about the process that you went through writing Sadie's letters. So in finding the letters, um, it, it was a, it was an interesting time at that time. My um, when I found them, it was um, like in November of 2019. So this was uh, before COVID. And my mom had just been diagnosed with um, with lung cancer and had started going through um, radiation treatment. And that went on like November, that was like in November of 2019. So November, December, and then in January, my mom had to, um, she'd gone through the radiation treatment and it didn't get it all. And um, they saw some other things and found out that um, in January, she had another biopsy done and found that she had actually pancreatic cancer. Oh. And um, at that point, things kind of got put on hold for me for what I was doing with the book and organizing and putting letters together and just kind of going through that process. And my whole concentration and stuff just kind of moved over to my mom. Oh, okay. And um, in January and February, she was getting worse, not feeling good. She had decided she didn't want to do any other additional treatments and that she didn't want to do anything. And in March of 2020, right at the height of COVID, I brought my mom home and um, uh, brought her home and she stayed with my husband and myself. I took care of her um, until she passed away, which was July 14th, 2020. And so, like I said, I didn't, you know, all of my concentration and everything that I was doing was strictly focused on taking care of my mother. Mm. And um, it was a good time. Um, I the one thing I would say to people that I think is so important is talk to your mom. 
<laughs> there were so many things and questions I should have asked that I never asked. There was so much I didn't know. But in writing the book, I like I wish I'd had asked more questions. It had more information, but it was it just it didn't happen. Um, she wasn't well, and like I said, all, you know, concentration was taking care of her. Um, but I did learn a lot from the letters. It made me understand better the type of person that she was um, and who my aunt was because I never got to meet her. My aunt passed away um, in 1954, um, about eight months before I was born. Uh -huh. And so I didn't know her, but through these letters, I got to know my mother better and the person that she was and why she was the way she was. And my aunt, I got to know through those letters. Um, and, and, but I, I just wish I had had more time as we always do. And I had wished I had asked more questions. Um, so if there's somebody out there that you love and care about and want to know, ask, ask the questions. Um, get the information um, because once they're gone, it's gone. So. Yeah, I, I can relate. <laughs> I can relate to this um, probably on a lot more points than what you realize. Uh, my father just recently passed away oh. in yeah in March, and so I understand the caretaker, um, mm -hmm. and I'm, then I also understand my mother because currently we are building an apartment. Um, my husband and my nephew are over there now <clears throat> are building an apartment in our adjacent building across the pool from my she shed. And oh. my mother is going to be coming here to live with us. So I fully understand what you're saying completely <laughs> in so many ways. Um, oh. I really do. I, it, I think, oh my, it's like you, you get so into life and. Exactly. <sighs> There is, it's, once someone's gone, it's like, I should have done this. I should have done right. that. Right. And I mean, but why they're here, like, I mean, my mother, even right now, I'm in, I'm in uh, this interview with right now and my phone is going off because there's text message from my mother. But oh, the interesting story, no, the interesting story on this and you'll laugh is my mom just now learned how to text. <laughs> so. oh. <laughs> Something my mom never wanted to learn how to do. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, my mother, yeah, I I fully feel that too because my mother didn't want to do it when my dad was still here. In fact, she didn't even want a cell phone. It was a battle on that. Yes. And before my dad passed away, we put them on our cell phone plan. I tried before, but mom was just really against it. But mm -hmm. for some reason, she was okay with it this time. So now she has that phone and Oh, she she watched a video or something about this a hundred a hundred and year old woman loving her computer, and mom was like, "This was her realization kick," and she was oh. like, "Hmm," <laughs> she's like, "Hmm," because my mom is a, my mom's in her seventies, and so she was like, "Yeah," it was that realization kick. Like she was like, "This woman's a hundred, and she knows how to do the computers. Give me that phone." <laughs> so and and she knows how to do the um oh oh what do you call it i can't think the fire tv now the remote oh, stick okay. I, yeah. Sure, sure. yeah wow, that's but, great i mean that that's fantastic <laughs> yeah but i understand what you're saying because you know we all have frustration when we're explaining something to someone um 
you know, because there's this great big generation gap, you know, yes. um, maybe you and I did computers in school. And so we have some realization. I think I'm a little older that. than you think I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've wrote a book, so you have some familiarity with the computer. I know yeah. that you have to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so My mother has absolutely <laughs> none of that. She has absolutely none of that. So when you're talking about that, about your family and stuff, <clears throat> the things that when they're here, you find tedious and you're like, oh, again, okay, mom here, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You're explaining something, but then yeah. just like my dad, but now that they're gone, it's like, it really is, it is a wake up call. And I fully understand what you're saying, especially since you and I were both hands-on with our parents in their day-to-day Yes. caring of their uh, caring of them just all together yes and so everything that you have this frustration before you know like when you make i used to call my parents every day um my mom since she's texting it's well it's not every day it's almost every couple of minutes but <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it's fine it's fine because i love the fact that she's using it now yeah i think so that's my mom never would learn to text the only thing that she used with the cell phone which we had to convince her she needed to have was for emergency purposes if something yes. happens mom call us and she would walk around the apartment and she would have trouble and we would say <clears> to her mom put put the phone in your pocket put it in your you know your robe carry it with you if something happens mm -hmm. in fall we you won't have your phone and she would just yes. laugh it off and it's like oh i'll crawl to the and i'm like how mm -hmm. are you going to crawl to the yeah phone? yes <laughs> and we would get yes. so frustrated with her yes like, can't crawl to the phone mom i i fully <laughs> understand what you're saying i so. yes i i fully get this i am so in the depth of what you're talking about right now i mean seriously i'm like i'm so in that trenches of that conversation <laughs> because that is my reality right now i mean luckily my mother doesn't have the health issues my father did but um you know but she lives so far out i mean we're rural but she is like I don't even know what is what's beyond rural. <laughs> what's what's beyond? Yeah, it's. I mean, even though it's a main road, it's so rural that the internet sucks. Your cell phones don't work unless you get all the way up. In it. She's connected to her cell phone through the internet, so that's how bad it is. And yeah, so. But anyways, I I I can just fully grasp every bit of this conversation so much well, that's so. Good. That's good. <laughs> um so what did you find the most difficult process about writing this book oh i cried so many times um mm. i would write i would read a letter that i'd never read before and because i was transcribing everything and i would just i would just i would just I would cry. I would cry at at what was being shared. Um, and there's a whole section in there where my aunt is um, writing to my mother um, about how she wanted to uh, publish her poems and publish and put this together and do a book. And and I'm reading this, and as I'm reading it, I am sitting here doing exactly what she had wanted to do but had never done, and it just the emotion that came up with with being able to fulfill a dream for a person who's no longer here that i was fulfilling this dream through me for her it, it was just it, it just really just 
super emotional, crying. I would call my girlfriend of, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> what I'm and I'm doing this. And, and I think that that was, that was, yeah, very, um, very, oh, yeah. very emotional at the time. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think there's been a minute since, um, my father's passed in March that we haven't had that because everything, my mom has been <clears throat> very reliant on myself and my husband. Mm -hmm. Um, cause we're the closest to where she's, we're like, I know, I know I said she lives out in the middle of <laughs> nowhere, but she's only like 14 minutes from me for the back roads. So, um, it's, it's been very a lot just going through dad's stuff and reading things. And, um, I, I just can, I, 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 if I can articulate this correctly, <laughs> um, I, I remember going through some of the things and finding out that uh because it was always a joke for me and my dad about his old truck and i was like dad you know you got to leave me that right if anything ever happens to you dad you gotta leave me that truck and dad was like no i'm gonna be buried in that truck you know <laughs> and it was just one of those things and then when when i had to go through his paperwork and to see that he left me that truck i just yeah i mean oh wow yeah yes yeah it's it's a lot. I mean, I've never in my life cried as much and than going through this stuff. I mean, you always hear about everyone else's loss and you're like, right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, but you don't really understand it. I mean, you can imagine, but right. it is just, it's just not the same. And I think it even has more of an impact on you because like you, you said your mother was there from you in the 2020 and you, you're just there day in, day out. Yes. And, yes. and then all of a sudden, I don't even think that, I mean, I know I've told people, oh, my dad's gone, he passed away, but I don't think it really hit me until as of late that he's, that he's really gone. Yeah. I, and, I, still, I gotta be honest with you. I mean, I still struggle and it's been three years and I still miss her so much. Mm. And, um, you know, I still feel sometimes, you know, I, I look over to the street where she used to sit all the time and, you know, it's just missing and it's that emptiness and, and missing being able to talk to her at night, like we used to do all the time and share what's going on and just have that, that connection that you know i don't have anymore and right. um, and it's hard it's hard it takes a long time and i and i've even said to friends i i should be over this by now like this shouldn't you know <clears throat> but you know grieving is a process and it's different for everyone right so yeah. it, it is it is and oh, if you've been listening to my podcast lately my a lot of my podcasts have been dealing with um last one we did laura and i we did a podcast and we were talking about going to work after grieving mm -hmm. and just about all the steps and processes and everything that you go through just dealing you know what i mean just just dealing with the calmer life and yes i think i think the most thing that you understand people care about you but it's always like you know what I mean? It's like yeah, that. It's like you read people, other people because they don't know yes. what to say to you and they don't know 
what to do and so people you know people just feel uncomfortable and that's understandable and um but it does it makes it you know when especially when you're going back to work and people know that you've had this loss they don't know quite what to say or how to approach you or it just makes it oh yeah (laughs) i never know what to say back when someone says i'm sorry do i say thank you (laughs) you know what i mean you're like what do i say i mean how and then you never know, do do they want, I mean, it's like, you, first it's a horror story because you don't really want to talk about everything that's happened. And, or it could be, it could be therapeutic for you, but how much does that person that say they're sorry really want to hear, you that's know? Really so, true. That's very, very yeah, true. So true. It, it's, true. yeah, it's a battle just waging through it. So I can only imagine um, going through the letters and everything. I know my mother journals a lot mm-hmm. and god forbid i i i don't know if i could i mean at this time because we're so freshly coming out of my father's situation i don't know if i could handle going through the journals not not right now uh you know what i'm saying yes absolutely absolutely it would be very difficult it would be oh yeah yeah for sure so with all the work that you put into aunt sadie's letters what advice would you give to other writers if they were to have the same sort of premise as far as where your book was coming from? Um, what kind of advice would I have? Um, I would say go with it. You would be amazed at um, a lot of people feel, oh, you know, no one would be interested and um, really want to hear about that. And um, and I'm amazingly surprised that when people do read it, um, how much they really love it and um, how much they can connect with it and, um, you know, what it um, means to them. And, you know, people have on some of my um, reviews, people have said, oh, I wish I had an aunt like that. And I usually say to them, I wish I had anybody like that in my life. Um, so uh, it's just a very, um, so I would just say go for it. You'd be surprised at the number of people who actually um, would be interested and love to read old letters from the time past. And and the writings in the letters, the way she wrote is not the way people write today. And so it really takes you into, you know, the times and, and 1940 and what it was like and how people spoke. And even though she's writing to a 10-year-old, it's a very mature um way of speaking with my mom and um just just very positive and uplifting and very mature for right. for the age it's, it's it's interesting you know we just well, don't that anymore we don't we don't do that anymore well we don't write letters really anymore right. you know i mean even like i said we've made a reference to my father and his situation i sent group texts out to all the family and we would my mother and i would go to the hospital and we would be there six hours a day and we i would text the group entirely about everything that was happening so for us nowadays everything is in text and how much do we keep of that you know what i mean how much do we keep that and you know if you think about it it's in slang it's half text it's ty for thank you you know what i mean uh, so it's a lost art. It really it is to write in such a way. It definitely yeah. is. It definitely is. I couldn't agree more. So, so what do you think? 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go I ahead. Just, I interrupted people, you. People appreciate it. People appreciate the letters and the poems. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. So yeah. what do you think is next for you as far as your career as a writer? Oh, wow. I don't know. This is just, <laughs> <it's> just <laughs> a process just getting doing this and trying to get the word out on it. Um, I did start to write something else, um, but it's gonna take me a while for sure uh, because it's more uh, personal, uh, my life. Um, and so I know that that's gonna take um, a lot more energy and um, uh, soul searching um, to, oh. to write that. And so I've started it, but it's it's way in the beginning, way in the beginning. So you're, are you writing your memoirs then? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Nice. Yes. I want to thank you. <laughs> Just, the <laughs> Just the beginning. Right. I I don't even know where I would start with mine, and I I don't know. That would probably look like fiction itself. <laughs> yeah, I've had a wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> Did that really happen? <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh yeah. That's a daily for me. That's a daily. <laughs> I want to thank you so much, Sherry, for being a part of the program tonight. Oh, it was really a pleasure to listen to you. Oh, you're welcome. You should come back, thank especially you. when you get the memoirs done. Knock on my door. We'll see what we got going on. Absolutely. Thank you so much uh, for the invitation. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Well, tonight is that special part of the evening. I know some of you guys really look forward to it, and I really do enjoy finding these. This is the Amazon deal of the day. Today, I found the Keurig Ice Single Serve Coffee and it's down 25%, guys, from $99 to $74.99. I don't know about you guys, but I love my Keurigs. I know, I know. I mean, but I'm really one of those recyclable things. I love to find the recyclable pods, but I love my Keurig. I love coffee in general. I've got nice. it right here with me. <laughs> got my iced coffee right with me. Oh, thank nice. you again, everyone, for coming in tonight. Again, to you, Sherry. Thank you to our thank listeners. You so much. You're welcome. Until next time, guys. Bye-bye for now.